0: Kathleen Norris says that we go to church in order to sing, and theology is secondary. I must say, as someone called upon to preach regularly, I find this to be a great relief. Even on weeks when my sermon is flat or misses the mark, the faithful have still gathered have said the prayers of the people have been nourished by the sacrament of Christ's body and blood and have made a joyful noise unto the Lord. This is why the ministry that Luke and Shannon and Jesse and Jeremy and Bearden and our other musicians embody is such a crucial part of this church. I have known more than a few people to leave a church when a music minister departs or to choose their congregation based on the musical offerings. And if the geographical location and theological convictions of said church align well with their personal beliefs, so much the better. Sing to the Lord a new song. The psalmist wrote several millennia ago and clearly they had never been part of a mainline church where the older a hymn is, the better, and the introduction of a new song, a new hymnal, is worked out with fear and trembling. Now, don't get me wrong, I think old songs are quite beautiful, and I love when we sing the psalms, those songs that have been around for quite some time and yet are made new each time a new group of people offers them in the context of praise and wonder. Today I am wondering what makes a song new. I wonder what new songs we have to offer the Lord, Holy Family. I must confess, while I don't wish to cast denominational shade, I'm always a bit confused by those traditions that exclude music or musical instruments from their worship. I mean, aside from reducing the richness of a gathering of the people of God, they are quite simply at odds with Scripture. The psalmists understood that music is such a fundamental and forceful part of life that they invited the more than human world to join in their devotions let the sea make a noise and all that is in it the lands and those who dwell therein let the rivers clap their hands and let the hills ring out with joy before god in speaking of his 60 year adventure with the cello yoyoma asks Am I trying to get it right? Or am I trying to find something? This is a quality that music and other arts can encourage us to practice in our lives, not simply to follow sheet music, or paint by numbers, or fulfill the metrical expectations of a sonnet, or whatever other mathematical rigor we might apply to an artistic endeavor. Singing shouting with joy, dancing, these are not things that we get right. They are ways for us to encounter and respond to a living God, a God who desires for us abundance, a wealth of delicious flavors and glorious music and new mercies morning by morning by morning which is not to say that people will always respond to the new songs we sing. Johann Sebastian Bach has become such a canonical figure in the music of the church that some people refer to him as the fifth evangelist following Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But when he premiered the St. Matthew Passion, which in my estimation, is one of the greatest things any human being has ever made. It was so new that the first people to hear it jeered and walked out. When Bob Dylan, who had launched his career in the coffee houses of Greenwich Village playing folk songs in the style of Woody Guthrie, plugged in an electric guitar and incorporated surrealist poetry into his lyrics, people went berserk and called him Judas, one interviewer in 1966 asked him how he could go from the earnest protest anthems like The Times They Are a-Changin' to the strangeness of subterranean homesick blues to which Dylan replied that the latter was very very protesty one of the protestiest of all things I ever protested against in all my protest years Now, perhaps it's the Enneagram 4 in me that loves when artists respond this way to interviews, when people who are making something new laugh in the face of people who keep asking for something old. I think one of the great mysteries of faith, and one of the reasons that we struggle to comprehend, much less follow, a living God is that God is at once old and new. Now, fundamentalists want a God who is only old, who can be captured and contained within a rigid set of doctrines and texts. The risk that progressives run, on the other hand, is being so obsessed with innovation, with whatever is trending, whatever feels like, well, progress, as to ignore or disdain anything old simply because it is old. As I have thought this week about the new songs that we sing to God, I listened to Yo-Yo Ma talk about and play Bach's music for the cello. He expressed his desire as a performer to be a good host, And he likens the way he views performance before an audience to throwing a great dinner party. He says his goal is not for people to be impressed by his chicken roast or whatever dish he might serve, but to have a convivial gathering where sustenance is shared and emotions are honest and felt. He has me thinking about the relationship between listening and eating, between what we crave in art and what we desire in a meal. We long for some strange mixture of the new and the familiar. The possibility of change excites us and the comfort of an old friend, a familiar dish, a well-worn book or blanket restores us. We want communion. In music and in meals, we seek and find proof of a God who has done marvelous things. I also return this week to a piece of music that continues to be a source of spiritual refreshment and astonishment for me, a love supreme. Like Bach, John Coltrane has become such a revered and mythical musician that we almost forget he was a human being. Like Bach, when he was on his journey to capture the music he was hearing from the kingdom of heaven within him, there was not always an audience ready or happy to hear what he was playing. Frank Tonneau, a Parisian music producer, told Coltrane after one poorly received concert, "You're too new for the people. They don't hear much of what they liked in the past. You go too far." This sounds familiar to the criticism directed at a certain carpenter from Nazareth and all the prophets from Moses to Martin Luther King. Thank God for people willing to go too far. Thank God for those visionaries and dreamers who venture deep within themselves and to the farthest reaches of time and space and share what it is that has been given to them. In the liner notes to A Love Supreme, Coltrane shared that, I humbly ask to be given the means and privilege to make others happy through music. And he confessed, I feel this has been granted through God's grace. Coltrane concluded the notes with a psalm of his own, including this beautiful observation. God breathes through us so completely, so gently we hardly feel it, yet it is our everything. How new our songs will be when we allow ourselves to feel God's gentle, complete breath moving through our lives, stirring us to song and to acknowledge that it is our everything.